Hello and welcome to All the Overs, the only Essex cricket podcast. I'm Terry. Hello, Ian. I'm Cheese. And we managed to do that without any gaps. How good because Cheese made rehearse, that's why. <laughs> he did make us rehearse. I cannot believe it's been so long and it's taken such a, a huge amount of coordination to, to get our calendars to line up. But my goodness, I'm so happy to see both of you, um, albeit virtually but it's really, really good to see you. So um, if you've been hopefully following us on Twitter, uh, I posted a couple of videos this week. Um, it really has been difficult for us to meet up and we're really happy to be talking this evening. Um, and we are going to be approaching this evening's podcast in a slightly different way. So normally we would focus on individual matches, do previews, but actually because it's all about the T20, we are going to focus on that and we're going to do it in a thematic way. Guys, are you happy with that? Owen, cheese. Even we talk about half an hour, talk about this, yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'm just making sure, just making sure. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a bit emotional, I'm so pleased to see you both. Um, so, all about the two happy, happy birthday, Stuart, as well, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yes, happy birthday to you. What did you do and did you enjoy your chocolate? I thoroughly enjoyed my chocolate. I've been buried in my face in it for most of this morning. <laughs> I also had a massive chocolate cake as well. So I've basically the day of Bruce Bog Trotter. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like uh, I went to a, a VR experience for my birthday, which was very cool. Thoroughly enjoyed it. That sounds amazing. And I have to say, as an English teacher, I'm extremely impressed with your Matilda reference there. You get a gold star. The man loves chocolate cake. What's not to like? Nike? Well, the reference I didn't, I didn't get, I was being quiet, snodding, because like, it's not, not well read as you guys. You've read Matilda? I have, yeah, I've seen the film. Yeah. In the Actually, 90s, though. I haven't seen the film or the stage show. I'm told it's very good. But I think I read the book maybe 50 times as a child. I really well, But what I'm, what I'm imagining right now is a new listener being recommended by a friend going, I thought it was an Essie Cricket podcast and they're talking about books and Roald Dahl. Yeah, I mean, it's better than the sort of Democles. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Well, that got quite a few tweets there. That did. It did the rounds. Yeah. And I thought that, well, Essex Cricket podcast is quite clearly uh, culturally sound. Well, well read, so that's good. Uh, so we're going to be tackling this evening uh, thematically. So we're going to be looking at batting, we're looking at bowling, fielding, um, and without giving too much away, we're going to talk about uh, lords. Um, but essentially, wow, what an amazing few weeks it's been! Just lots of ups and downs, some amazing performances, some really questionable weather. <laughs> Goodness me. So let's start off talking about our performance with the bat. So I'm going to hand over to... Oh, Owen, you're looking like you want to... Interject. Oh, sorry. Um, I just think, I think you're right by saying about ups and downs. I, we mentioned this quite a lot, that it's like watching Essex like an emotional roller coaster. I mean, less so than the red ball in the last few years. But like it has been, it's been a campaign of where you think, oh, you know, we're out of it. Now we're back in it. And now we're out of it again. And now we're back in it again. And it's just... I mean, it's, it is, this 
this is genuinely what people love sport for, isn't it? And I think if you look at proper sports fans, you'd love you love the ups and downs and the uncertainty of it, and it could go either way. And I think the T20 Blast this year is um, not just Essex, but the Blast in general has just been such a thrilling um, uh, spectacle that you know you turn to a match and there's no like foregone conclusions. Anyone could be anybody. You have like Somerset like take this week. Somerset absolutely smash it. Um, on the Monday and then the Tuesday, Essex go and go and beat go and beat them, and it's just it's incredible. So I've I've been really enjoying this, not enjoyed the lows so much, but I've been as as a you you've got to take that, haven't you? You've got to take the you've got to take the, if you want the highs, you've got to take the lows. If you want that sort of that style of sport, um, which I think secretly most of us do, and also as cricket, I think cricket fans first, Essex fans second, that this is this is the way you get people involved in the sport by going to watch competitive, um, free flowing. Um, open games where you know it's not it's not one side it's just that anyone can anyone can win I think it's, I think it's been a se- this season's been incredible for a McCreasy's point of view um, just watching it so which is not what you asked but that's my thoughts not what I asked however it was a very good answer and I, I ha- I'd have to echo that because I think if you, you you could be a complete neutral an almost complete neutral and still find this season absolutely uh, captivating and because you stole my words I was going to say thrilling and I was going to say spectacle because it has been um some of the performances have just been really really sensational um and some of the just how tight some of the matches have been um you're literally on the edge of your seat and it's it's been in terms of entertainment I think we've been thoroughly entertained so far um so I don't think you have to be aligned to a club to have enjoyed the campaign but from each of them so far, I think it's just been wonderful. Yeah. Could I ask some, some of our listeners from from just the stuff I see on on, on social media? They, they are they're they're Suffolk based, so they're based in Suffolk rather than Essex. And I do wonder how connected they feel to the county, given that like, you know, the three of us, you know, the, the, the three different corners of Essex, but um, we've got connections to the county, right? So we we support them. We we connect to the county itself. We're proud of being from from Essex. Um, whereas you're Suffolk. Are you supporting it because you're you have a connection with the county, or just because it's your local professional team? Um, and for those people, I think this might be more thrilling: the fact that you're just a cricket fan, and the nearest you've got is Chelmsford, and you go along to watch the highest level professional press cricket outside of Test matches. So I think I think and hopefully this is this is good for the game. It's good for Essex, good for membership, good for ticket sales. So my thoughts. I think you're both spot on. Like the more competitive a season is, the more people enjoy it. You know, you look at Formula One back in the day, people got bored with the same faces, winning every season. They mix up the rules to try and mix for some competitiveness. It's still the same faces every season. And then you get those odd seasons where someone else rises to the front and everyone loves it. They love the story. They love the narratives. And, it doesn't matter if you're a neutral, if you've actually got a fan, at least you're talking about the sport and the occasion. And in these times, having those discussions and outlets is great. And I think we're doing um, actually quite well as a as an Essex team as well. It feels like we're mirroring the the Cinderella run of a of a few years ago. Sloppy start, all of a sudden pick up a few wins suddenly we're finding ourselves on the brink of sneaking fourth 
and getting into the next round. It's not bygone conclusion, but there's definitely potential. Yeah, I think so. Terry, please remind me about my thoughts on Harmon's captaincy uh, later. But I think she's in a really good topic. That turns the F one. The F. I'm not a big F one fan. I, I enjoy it as a, as a part as a, as a sort of a passing fan. They sell their story really, really well. Like as someone who's vaguely into the sport, but that doesn't sit and watch. I, I sit and watch the last ten laps, but I know what's going on. <laughs> I'm a big. I'm also some. I'm, 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 British, I'm, I'm not British. I'm Canadian. I lost an accent years ago. Um, but I'm a. So I follow. I follow the Blue Jays on Twitter and baseball. I don't actually know what their season's doing. I see the highlights. I see the big moments in the match. I see the funny moments. They post Twitter. But I don't understand unless I check the tables. Where I don't. I'm not that into it, so I don't bother. I don't really know whether what, what, what if they're doing well or not. I do wonder if as cricketers, as cricket, we sell we sell that story enough. So it's extraordinarily and exciting, but the, can you understand the narrative of the season well enough? That I do wonder if we, not just Essex, but generally we we sell that narrative very well, which other sports are absolutely amazing at doing it for, for passing fans. And I think we have to understand that. I know we go, oh, we're the second biggest sport in the world. Most of those live in South Asia. You know, it's not not really in Europe or, or the Western Western culture. So um, yeah, I think just big, me thinking about it. So. I think it's a really good question, actually. Um, but my question to, would be, whose responsibility is it to tell that story and, and, and shape that narrative and make sure that it's out there? Is it, is it to do with, is it clubs? Is it national press? Who, who needs to take ownership of that? Because as you say, you know, sports have very successfully told their stories and, you know, harnessed um, sort of a global interest. So how how do we do how do we do that how do we do that for cricket? I think it's the clubs. I'm not sure. Is it clubs? I think um, let's be honest. We can maybe it's a safe safe space. Um, it, the ECB are, don't care. They they've got they've got uh, they they're concerned by the financial stability of the sport, which is wonderful, and they should be worried about that. And they've got their ideas, and they've given they've given a they put their eggs in one basket. Um, which yeah, people criticise or might benefit, but they put their eggs in one basket. That's got to succeed, otherwise they as sort of Damocles people that have been criticised about um, is 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 happening, right? I think it's about the, down to counties individually to to sell their story, I, and I, I think Essex are not bad at it. I've never seen the new Rivergate. First of all, that gate needed that it's, anything done positive is brilliant for that entrance, but I think. Um, yeah, they're getting there, but I do wonder if you look, if you're a casual Essex fan, do you do you know like last night was wonderful and the highlights are on there and you've got the, the Michael Pepper's stunning performance and all that stuff, but do you know if we're doing well or not? I don't know. Yeah. Do you know like do you like, here we go? Do you know whether last night's performance as a casual fan is worth you now checking in more detailedly for the next game or do you just casually watch this for me as a blue jays fan i don't know when they win and they show me the, the home runs and stuff on, on twitter i'm not sure whether that's part of a they're going to do this method or like there's one more game that's what i don't know and I, I, but it's not motivating me enough to get more involved whereas i, I wonder with essex do our casual fans 
And bear in mind, our casual fans cover the whole of East Anglia and East London. It's got big oh, casual oh, area. The region is the region. Yeah. Do, do they are they those people who haven't got a proper connect proper like we've all got emotional connection to Essex. Like you know, I, I grew up. All of us grew up here from different corners, like Colchester, Southend, and and, and East London. We've got an emotional connections to the area. We therefore we we've got a vested interest in it. The people who live in Cambridgeshire, Suffolk, Norfolk that follow us because it's their local professional team, are they are they motivated enough to go understand that we're on a winning streak now? And we're doing pretty well. We might meet we might reach the knockout rounds. Therefore, start paying attention. Mm. Do they know that? And that's why I think. And we can't run ECB. ECB won't do it for us. They should do. They're not. They put their eggs in the basket, and they're hoping that pays off. So, quite the gamble. It's not the direction I was expecting this conversation. Sorry, yeah, no, it's my, completely my fault. Apologies. And I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, that those listening uh, will will not have a problem with it at all because it's it's relevant conversation, and actually those who are really invested in Essex cricket, I'm sure will want the story told. I'm and you asked batting. That, what does Cheese think batting? That's what you asked. I mean, sh 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 yeah, I was going to say, should we get back to the, the, the question asked? Um, not going to lie, I was really surprised uh, Bustleman was opening for the majority of the start. Um, didn't see it coming, to be honest. I actually thought Chopra would be the, the one in our T20 side. I think we all had our money on Chopra. I, if I was him, I'd be considering my options. Really? Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you, you're not playing the whole Red Bulls, the whole Red Bull stuff. And I imagine he's gone like, fair enough. I'm the white ball specialist. That's what I'm here to do. That's what I'm, that's what the, the plan for me is. You smash a double century for the seconds, mm -hmm. and then you there you go. Which you must be going like, that that is, must be my main contention. And then it gets the blast, and like, oh right, I'm still I'm still in the seconds. You know, I. So I'm with Matrida. I'm very I'm very surprised at that 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 selection. Um, Second of all, no, 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 not knocking bottom at all. Uh, I would like cheese to be in this actually. So, cheese, we've got Wheater, Bottom, and a Pepper in the squad now. Three very competent wickeepers. Would you keep Wheater in that, given that we've got two other players in keep, keep wicket and a better batsman? I'd have put money on you asking that question. Uh, I would be quite honest and I would tell one of them and not I don't know who I would tell one of them to forget about the gloves um and just focus on becoming a batter. Uh, Bottoman or Pepper? Because Wheater's Wheater is the best keeper out of the three, I think. I would agree that Wheater's the, the best keeper. I think he's the one I have the most I don't want to say confidence, but in, in that he's the one I've got the the easier path to to visualise him behind the stumps for the longest time. There's more security there, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I feel like Pepper has had good opportunities behind the stumps. He's done quite well when he's come in before 
and played like the odd match here and there. And we've talked about him a couple of times as being on the periphery and is he going to break in and is he going to do well? And he feels like the next in line. So I think, yeah, you're right. Like those two would be my picks and then every, anyone else who's thinking about keeping just just keep him in the bag for a bit and knock your bat in. Fair enough. Because you know, my opinion's obviously been nullified by... My plan was this podcast was to say that we should drop Weeter and we should focus on Pepper as keeper. Um, but then last and last last night, though, with Weeter performing an anchor of innings, um, you could be wrong. So. Yeah. I think that's what's been probably the hallmark of this season though is that we've had surprises coming at us from all angles and so that's what's made it so such a thrilling season to watch because we genuinely just don't know what to expect you know we 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 made in the preceding podcasts like predictions about who would do what and and what we would hope to see and actually players have really surprised us you know Buffelman, 56, um, I forget which game. It was four or five games ago because we, it's been such a long time since we've, we've talked. But I watched that in the pub by myself um, and was... No, we don't, mate. a busy time. No one wants to talk to me at the moment. I'm, I'm too busy. And so when I am free, everyone's like, no, off you go, Terry. Can't bother with you. So, which is fine and I'll cope with. But... But I, I yeah. So I, I so I, I don't, don't do agree with Terry there. That that's um, that is one of the positives. Cheese, what, what do you think? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I lost all the audio for a second there, so I missed all that. Yeah, me too. I just watched that and just sort of talking it. A screen. Sorry. Trying to take over, it's like trying to get their, get their, their silence buttons in the very job. So not, I'm not an anchor <laughs> like you, sorry. I suddenly realized how hard it is. So literally, I went, Terry's job is hard, and we think. Just trust her and do that while your computer glitched. Oh, wait, which job? Hosting the podcast? Yeah, hosting, or? yeah, because I thought, I saw, your, I saw your computer glitch. I thought, oh, I'll just take over. And then, like, the listeners, they won't know they glitched. But then I suddenly realized I don't, I don't have no idea what to say. So, um, that's why I try to pass on the cheese, but yeah. it would have been perfect if I'd have had the audio. I could just, <laughs> we could have just picked it up and we wouldn't have missed a beat. And I'd have gone, Oh, Terry's made a great point there, you know, real deep cutting insight into what it's like within the team. I just had nothing. I'm sure it was great, Terry. <laughs> Whatever you said, like spot it's on. Like, with the moment's gone now, the moment's gone. So, you know, and that's all you've got to say about that, isn't it? So, and that's all I have to say about that. Absolutely. Um, but I got, do you know what we haven't done, which is really poor? Talk about James Neesham. Yeah. We'll come to Neesham in just a moment. Um, right. So I have to say that against Surrey, Neesham opened amazingly because I know I'm, I know that because I made notes. So I have lots and lots of notes in my phone where I've started off each game really positively and made comprehensive notes on the first 10 overs. And then I've obviously just got absorbed in the game and just moved on. Um, but what we haven't done, we haven't wished um, 
send her a happy birthday. Because when he goes out, when his birthday anymore. Yes, but happy birthday now. So happy birthday, Sendo. I do find it inspiring, actually. He does not. I know he doesn't listen to this, but I do find it inspiring that a man of his age is performing at that level. And given that we're getting to the age where I do worry about like how long I last in cricket and like, my body's, I'm not slowed down the bowling massively and all that stuff. You can't talk about that because I'm way older than both of you. No, but I say that's why I say I, I, but, but train, training, training is harder. I'm sure all of us like recovery is harder. But watching people like. Uh, Ryan Tenskata perform at that level older than us I think he is it just shows it like if you just have the right diet right attitude you can achieve great things so no absolutely amazing role modeling so Nisham crack on guys you have things to say oh cheese is bursting cheese go on you're literally bursting at the seams are you surprised? Wait, I am. <laughs> Wait, well, we signed him. I'm just surprised by by what he's done. I, just... uh, I think, given what's been spoken at the members forums and the AGM and the the massive, massive narrative on financial stability and making sure we can, the club survives and having a million pounds. Uh, reserve in case COVID lasts another 12 months so the club can keep going without going bankrupt or rely on huge loans. I just think he was the chief option. He's been all right. I uh, yeah, I just been look look at look at our squad. We have not reinforced. We have been bringing through lots of young young players who I don't think are quite ready yet. Not surprising. We said this. Yeah, I, I think and I I, I do. We've we've got rid not got rid of it. Some players have left who are on high salaries, and been replaced by other players who are on low salaries. And nothing, I've got nothing wrong with that. But I, I think Nisham is one of those people that we've got off our books, the likes of Delport and uh, etc. And we've bringing in a guy who um, <clears throat> was convenient for him to be in the country while his his national team were playing. Case was a load of injuries and probably was a bit cheaper than everyone else that we could the people we could have attracted given our, our uh, prestige of the last three years so, hmm. so i'm not so to answer you geez, i'm not shocked at all i think it's i think it's uh, level-headed pragmatism and his performance probably reflects that i feel he's, he's, very, he's very hit or miss um yeah. you know some matches he's done great. Other matches is just like, uh, you know, it's a swing and a miss, and you've not really turned up. I know that's cricket sometimes. Like you get that. that's just that's cricket generally. You get that peach of a ball, and you can't do anything with it. But other times you just like, well, probably could have done a bit more, but just didn't. Yeah, I think with with cricket's um, restriction on overseas players, which actually I think is now rather old-fashioned outdated. Um, you do what we we are ex, um, expecting as county fans that when you you allow those places to go to absolute elite players, uh, Harmer being one of them, you know, comes in, does a job, uh, time after time after time, delivers, delivers, delivers. 
maybe occasional blip, but the vast majority of the time is, is one of the outstanding members of the team. And you go back in our history uh, of overseas players, and Essex are generally, apart from maybe Bravo, done a pretty good job on recruiting overseas players. And I think we're just not used to bringing in, to be very honest, a second rate, but I mean, internationally, so it's still extremely high level, but a second rate player who, as you say, Cheese, is, is more what you expect of a, of a local homegrown talent given that he's taking up one of the valuable places as, a, as an overseas. Because I don't think the club are willing to shell out on someone who needs, I don't know, a six-figure salary. I know, you say that, but we were going to sign Moses Enrique, weren't we? And well, then I reckon was... he's a lot more expensive. Look, I... To get I... someone to leave there during COVID, to go and stand, spend several months in a hotel... It's going to cost a fortune, some of that level. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, and then I, I just don't know, I, I feel like it's you're comparing apples and oranges when you look at, you know, what's your pre COVID spend to, to your post COVID spend? Um, what are you planning on doing? You can't, you can't compare given, given the circumstances, I think. I, th I think, I, I, don't, I don't think. I think it's different to T20 Blast because the, the TV money isn't really there. It's, you know, it's there, it's there it exists, and, and the club benefit from it, but it is is largely a ticket-based, ticket and bar-based economy, from my understanding. Could be completely wrong. Happy people tweet in saying, oh, and you, you've got no idea what you're talking about. But I think it is definitely a, a ticket-based and bar-based economy, and which is why these restrictions, especially at Essex, where we're only, you know, the crowds are tiny. Um, it's such, such a massive hit on the finances of the club that whereas others, other, for those players at that level, they are tempted to go and play for the Big Bash and go and play for the IPL because the money is still there because the television revenues are so huge. Like the Premier League, that television revenues out, outstrip the in-house stuff that they get on the day. The, the spectators are more there as, um, as part of the atmosphere for the television audiences. The blast doesn't get that so much. So I, I, that's why I think that um, that play, those level players will still be requiring. If you want me to come to England and spend next month and a half or two months in a in a hotel room, um, isn't it's still in a costume? Uh, I mean, look at look at some of our England players. Some of the best players in the world are refusing to go. At, and I think to, in order to tempt them, you have to offer them serious money. Uh, I think Essex aren't in a position, and we've got someone who's it's in their vested interest to go their second their second level player internationally. They're not on the New Zealand squad. Uh, first 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 eleven. And it's worth um it's worth him being over here in case New Zealand have a load of injuries and he can he's he's he doesn't need isolation. He's already in the country. He can just go he's got a visa and just go and play for the, the two test matches. That's that's my that's my very critical view on why I think we've signed him. Or why he agrees to come as well. Not he's a bad player, but as she's mentioned, he's here, miss. Again, <laughs> interesting segue there. Um, no, we, were talking, we were going to talk about him. That was, that was on the agenda, no, wasn't no, it? No, 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 no. I've genuinely been surprised at the direction of conversation, but, but no, I'm not going to disagree with anything you've said there. But then again, I don't think he's been... 
He's not. He's not. He's, 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 gen, he's, he's genuinely on the first eleven team sheet every week. You'd never. You'd never say he's only dead just because we're paying him probably the most money. Well, you know, paying a lot of money, he's got to get most. He's earned his place. Yeah, for sure. And I think we have to we have to give him credit for that. I think that's really important. Is there anything else you'd add there, Chief? No, I think actually owns me in pretty fair and, and, and spot on in the summary there. You know, so we've really stuck to our themes of batting, bowling, performance. You have asked for fielding, yeah? That was an agenda. No, no, I know, I know, I'm getting to that. <laughs> right, fielding. Thank you, Lee. Nudge there, Aaron. Um, overall, who are our brilliant who's who's really really performed for your in your opinion who's really performed well in the field i've got i've got my view of who i'm impressed with um and people i'm less impressed with over the course of the the last sort of five or six uh games well four or five games four or five games yeah i'm going to pick on you Jeeves, to start off with uh i'm just going to cheat and say dan lawrence <laughs> you see his um, stop yesterday, last night at Somerset. It was unbelievable. The man is superhuman. I mean, he's also chipping in with wickets when he's bowling. So he just he can do no wrong. He, he, I do think it's England England influence. He, it, it, I think it must be. He he is he's a league above at the moment. Yeah, um, uh, he's genuinely impressive to watch. I, I see at club level people go and play for Premier League teams, come back and like they're not a better bowler or better bowler or batter, but their overall cricketing knowledge is is so much higher. And I think you're seeing that Dan Lawrence. He's now in the elite setup of England, like the, the highest cricket you can play in the world. And he is coming back with with just the understanding of the game of is is unbelievable. And we are the team was a whole benefit from that. We're so lucky. I don't know if, I don't know if it's just me, or maybe it's because I because of what I know about his how his performance has developed. I don't know if you've noticed this, but he seems to be holding himself differently. Yeah. Like, you also notice he's, he's starting to have a bit, bit, bit of middle class accent. How he speaks, yeah, I've noticed that too. Um, but but he 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 has much more of a seriousness about him in terms of when he walk I've gone again haven't I no you're still here oh yay it's just that you guys are frozen <laughs> no just he has he has a much more purpose about him when he walks on um and his movement and and everything about him just seems a lot more polished and more confident but not a sort of arrogant confidence that's that quiet confidence that I own this field that's what I'm getting from Dan Lawrence at the moment well, I thought because I've seen it, I've seen him around town in Chelmsford, and uh, he he seems to be like a like a normal bloke. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, I don't think he's come away from England as an arrogant. I mean, he was battling with a ticket machine when I saw him, but it was a, he seems to be like a no, but it seemed like a regular bloke. He wasn't like yeah. I'm an English cricketer. So this is beneath me, which I have seen other. We don't know it wasn't used to enough see other elite people who are like I shouldn't I shouldn't have been using a ticket machine with these plebs, you know. So it's you know 
I, I think he's a grounded, like Alice Cook, you know, people all talk about the fact that, you know, he's just, he's just a wonderful cricketer who's achieved amazing yeah, things, but apparently he's a regular, in a changing room, just approachable and a regular, lovely bloke. I think Dan Lawrence is in that, on that same path, that he's, he's coming back with incredible cricket skills, that knowledge, that attentiveness, that playing at that level is, is feeding into the Essex team. But at the same time, I, I would be very shocked if anyone ever comes out and says that he's this arrogant, big-headed bloke. We can but hope. Yeah. It's lovely as we think. But our fielding, as you asked. Yes, I think about fielding. I think some of it is is woeful. It's I think it's our it's it's our I think I feel there's two things I think are doubtful. Consistent, I think. I think the two things doubtful is one is after we come back later is our power play, the opening power play. I think we are very poor in. And the second of all is I think our fielding sometimes is is poor, really poor. Well, we got hammered in the power play yesterday. So I was I was sort of basing my predictions. Or even worse, uh, it's Ken. That yeah, was terrible. Yeah, yeah, dreadful, dreadful. Um, really, and, and really sort of what I would call rookie errors. And and I know that I'm, you know, in cricket terms, still a rookie myself. However, um, just just you know, balls going through legs, not um, a fielding placement as well. And I know that you're limited in terms of the power play, but you know, it doesn't. You have a few balls, and then you you work out where you need to field. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Owen looks I don't I think I don't think being too harsh, I think I think it's genuinely poor fielding. It's not statistical, it's not being put in the wrong place. It yeah. is as you said it is yeah last time a crack example in Somerset the poor water ball went through his legs Next time the ball came to him. Next, next time it came to him, long barrier, and it, it's yeah. It's, yeah. So yeah, it, I think it's just it is case case like that where it's just people trying to copy because England England team apparently are aggressive. They're very big on aggressive fielding. You don't do long barrier. It's not aggressive enough. You need to get in there. Whip, whip it in and you are intimidating the batsman in a way to way to stop the singles way to stop the twos because you're creating the atmosphere that you cannot create you can't create twos into ones you can't create singles because these, these guys are so good at building and at that level with the ben stokes and and the bestos etc they are smashing it yeah at the county level where it is a it's still a very high level cricket but it's a massive drop down we are seeing players who cannot perform at that level or are trying to those tactics and it's not working, especially with this awful sun we're having, where it's, it's wet and damp and it's just, it's creating errors and we need to, and last night, Paul was a great example against Somerset. He went, went that aggressive fielding, went to pick the ball up, went through his hands before next, next came, next ball came in, long barrier and threw the ball in. No run was missed, you know? So I think, I need me to admit that you know, we've got, especially given we've got a lot of players who are in their late teens, early twenties. So. Mm. so, is is this a good time for us to move on to Harmer's captaincy and what we feel about that in terms of his leadership, in terms of how he is uh, bringing his team along, um, his priorities? What what would we say? Um, I mean, I have my view, but 
I want Jesus' opinion. I think he's always been wanting to say something, but never said it. Yeah, no, I know, I know this. I know this. But I mean, I have a massive soft spot for karma. We all know this. But so, Cheeks, I'm going to hand over Cheeks. I think it's your turn. I think I've completely changed my opinion on Harmer's captaincy. <laughs> um, I think the year we won the T20, I wasn't very happy with Harmer's captaincy. I know it all turned out for the best and everything else, but I felt like, I don't know, maybe it was too much of a change to how the team were playing before to how Harmer wanted them to play. Ultimately, it worked out in the end and ate my humble pie and hats off to the team because they weren't. Now, I don't really have a problem with the with his captaincy because I kind of see what... He, well, I say I see. I believe I can see what he wants to do in that, you know, he does want to be an aggressive T20 side. That big, be intimidating be that level of excellence I think he so he sees how cricket should be played perfectly and he wants the team to do that maybe he overestimates the ability for us to execute that and that's where we get into the problems do you think Jesus, that his his mind is at a higher level than the team's capable of Good question. I I do think that actually, I think in his head, he's got eleven Simon Harmers on the field, and to be fair, when you average out the squad and their capabilities and their talents and everything else, you've probably about ten, nine, because you know. What Dan Lawrence makes up in batting against Simon Harmer, Simon Harmer and Sam Cook make up in, in bowling, right? If you treat Harmer as the average, definitely some people are going to outweigh him in some areas and, and vice versa. But is that good enough to, to win you the game? I don't know. He can't. He can only bowl the four overs. It's not like we have actually. You've got eleven Simon Harmers able to bowl twenty overs. Yeah, true. I, I agree with you. I also do worry that um, I think we forget that T Twenty cricket is still in its infancy. It's only a couple of decades old as, as a sport, and that it's moving. It's it's moving so rapidly. The stuff that's coming out of the IPL and the, the blast is. Is changing the game every single season. Like there's always new stuff. Especially look at the fielding. Like you watch the fielding from those two competitions, it is unreal. Uh, it, I think fielding ten years ago as a club cricket, a decent level club cricketer as I was back then, um, is was a, was a was something you could aspire to and learn from. I think now it's 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 a one other world away. Um, I do think with Essex having no direct impact on or no no direct contributions none of our players go and play the competitions apart from Lawrence played a bit in the blast but I don't I think that that's what we're lacking is that that those two competitions are pushing the game so far forward at the Premier League in football that I think we'll have us having no like 
no stake in that is 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 pulling us back that we the other teams who are bringing who have got the bigger budgets much you know sort of salaries etc are bringing in those players they can then pass that knowledge on i wonderful if we had someone you know andy flower used to be a player of ours he wonder if we could bring him back as a consultant you know just just just, just the blast and come back for, for a, just a, just a pre-season and go this is what they're doing in mumbai you know so or Rajasthan. That's my thought. Yeah. Thank you for that. That got quite deep. I think we're probably getting to the point where we need to start talking about now. Because we've had some interactions on social media and people are talking about the next rabbi. So I'm just going to put the question out there. We haven't got it. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I'd actually, without being mean, I would forget about Ravi and us trying to find a Ravi replacement or Ravi like. I think a lot of people are that way inclined, though. That's where a lot of the conversations are going in. And actually, over the last few games, snippets of conversations that I've overheard, people are saying, "Well, you know, who, who's who's the next person that you know sort of fills Ravi's gap, as it were?" But what is his, what is his gap? Is it that we're missing a sudden death bowler? Is it we're missing someone who can come in at six or seven and knock forty? It's all well and good and saying, "Oh, we're missing this person," but what are what are we missing? And if you go, "Oh, we're missing all of that," well, that's rubbish. Like, yeah. no one does all of that all of the time. Yes, Ravi was an absolutely excellent all rounder, but if he did it game in game out, we'd be perennial champions in every format. That's a good point, but I, I, I think that there is quite a lot of affection for Ravi, and I think people are kind of defaulting to that position. So rather than asking the, the questions about, okay, so who's going to fill this bowling gap? Who's going to fill this batting gap? It's, it's focused around one person rather than being more sort of strategic about the team. Maybe that's being unfair to Essex fans, but I've just, I've just been very conscious of the fact that I've heard Ravi's name a lot over the last few days, particularly, um, and that question being asked. So I, that's why I've thrown it out there. I think it's fair when we had that blip this season when you know the middle order were producing uh, great things, and you you are looking then you're looking towards a player we had a couple of seasons ago where it did come across as the club hadn't given him what he wanted, he otherwise would have stayed. Um, and as Cheese mentioned in the previous podcast about you know that, that European League fiasco. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Cheese that I think that replacing like for like is is a unrealistic game. Um, and it, 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 we, when when those fans that criticise, they need to have a good think about what they actually mean. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think we have to see this, this 
repeating what I said earlier, repeating this, this season as a, as a financial anomaly, that the club are not willing to invest in someone who's going to command a huge salary. Um, and we, because as, as I mentioned, the AGM, you know, it's like if, if this COVID stuff goes on, if, if, if the winter, if the working scenario in this winter, they're being doom and gloom about what happens and that has another, uh, not knock on effect as the pre season of 2022, the club needs to make sure they have enough money in the bank to keep going. And they're not, they're not going to start, start splashing the cash on, on revenue fire placements. You're going to cost a lot of money. No. Fiscal security is such a high priority, you know, and understandably so. Um, but I hope you don't mind me throwing the question out there. It's just I couldn't ignore it, given that it's... I think it's a fair question, but I also think it's one of those things that sometimes you just need to, to step back and have a not a reality check, but an understanding of where you've come from uh, and where you're going. Like every time you lose, of course, nostalgia hits and you go, oh, Ravi would have knocked a six there and we probably won. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, he'd have blitzed the middle order. And you, you always remember the fondness. You don't remember the, the time he, he whiffs a sitter and gets out for one. Not saying he did that a lot, obviously, or that he's a terrible player. It's just, you know, you get that rose-tinted glasses kind of effect. And really, you should be saying, well, actually, Jack, Jack Plum's come in. He's got a lot of potential. He might not be Ravi, but he might be a man that, when it comes to bowling those last two overs, he will stick it on their toes and, and limit the, the scores. Or he's a man I, I'd back to... Just get his, get us that steady twenty, either at the end or in the middle, as an anchor around someone else. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm actually quite excited about him. Plum, I think he's been yeah. fantastic. I, he was someone I would pick uh, lukewarm over, um, but yeah, I think he was, he's. It's one of the great things about this scenario is that we are giving more young people a chance, and they are proving themselves to be incredible cricketers. Uh, I think Plum's Plum and Pepper. On that list, um, I do wonder though. Last obviously, against Somerset, he sort of gave himself another saving grace. But I do well, tender whether you know is it is, is it time up Don't in T20 and not not in um the Red Bull, yeah. Mm. I think that's probably a discussion for another time. You've got a game that is being now the modern T20 match. They're hard and fast. They are rapid, and it's you've got a four shot look. And, and it's quick movement as well. So you know, I know that we they're quick around the field um, when we're we're in the you know the, the the Red Bull format. But as they were moving around the field last night, it was just lightning quick. The, the levels of fitness are just astounding. I was reading an article about, um, there's an article about, the, uh, oh, what was it? The England team that first lost to India in the 50s, Ray Inlingworth was captain or something. And I, there's a picture of them looking disjointed. And it, like compared to modern creatures, they didn't look athletes at all. Like now, you look at modern creatures and they are like, they're, they're, they're obviously smashing their protein and creatine, aren't they? 
No, it's just amazing, amazing how they can watch the games come on. Like you, you see, you see yeah. these model cricketers, and they are athletic and fit and smart. Yeah, good, which is good. Like it's good, good for the image of the sport. It is because so much of it is about health. Which yeah, is gone on the gone on the Rob P key days. I mean, that's that's embarrassing. Yeah, we won't go there. He slagged us off. We can slag him off. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not we're not about to touch eight. So. <laughs> um, right, so I think. Looking at the time, I'm just mindful. Um, there is a an area we have not touched, and I think it would be remiss of us to not discuss that over that Lord. I think we can't not go there. Uh, as someone who was there, in terms of enjoyment, that's the best thing since the Edgerton. Thanks very much. Final win. I think I haven't giggled that much in a long time. Just going over that ground, feeling that adulated it was. Yeah, that's a good feeling. Cheese, tell us you you, you saw it. I did. I, I just there's always something a bit special about last over, like drama, right? Like. It's the same. It's the same in any sport. It means that bit more holding your nerve and and doing it at the end. And I think that that's like what I enjoyed most about it. It's like the concentration and everything else to to see it through and make it happen. Yeah, I agree. I think it was it was the Rodgers game, wasn't it? It's like we you know we go, oh, you know that that scores tough to achieve and then like we would do with smashing it and then suddenly we dip and we're like, oh no we've blown it and then suddenly oh right like we that penultimate over we put us back at attention but it's still really tough to get the, the 12 it runs is. of the over and the last ball where Harmer just has a swing not the it's not you wouldn't give that to any child to look at to play a shot like that <laughs> it's it does it and I I suppose the thing I found luckiest I was meant to be in a, that game I was meant to be in a works do to go and watch that game with my work colleagues who are sort of into cricket, sort of not. And I'm so glad that COVID hit and that got cancelled and I got to watch it with a proper cricket fan. And so I was, you know, because Terry and I managed to get tickets last minute. Yeah. And I actually got to share it with someone who understood that rather than have to go, oh, and then explain it to somebody what just happened. So yeah, I'm glad that. I think we, I think we did a little dance, didn't we? <laughs> a little jump about. It was just, it was incredible. It was, that that was, you know, the, a real peak and trough game. Um, and to to finish on that, you know, it I will call it a magical moment. I thought it was incredible and left on a high. Um, thinking that this is what cricket's about. Yeah. Which is nice seeing so many Essex fans there. I was quite surprised. Yeah, it was brilliant. There were yeah. so many of them. There were... Flags and hats and and kids and kids in Essex shirts and, and that was lovely. To see. Lots of children. Yeah. That was really encouraging to see so many young people there, um, and knowing that because I know, I know that sort of during COVID times, um, so many restrictions it's been quite hard. But but lots of clubs have been making really concerted efforts to to build up their youth sections and do the all stars and the dynamos and all this kind of thing. And I think that's really, we're seeing that come to fruition now. 
I think with the, the amount of young people that we're seeing um, really engaging with cricket and I think that's wonderful so I know it's a little tiny off track there but I think it's important to note. Well a local club a local club got involved in the press and he has eight as green in the, is it times there for their all-stars? Oh, I see that how wonderful Oh, well, well done to A. Ash Green. That's fantastic. So um, I think that's probably all we've got time for this evening. Unless there's anything else that I've missed, anything crucial, but we've got through our agenda. Even uh, though... Apart from you want to change careers. Are you heard this, Cheese? I have not. Tell <laughs> me. Did not much just to pre-chat. <laughs> um, Terry wants to jack in being a head teacher, and she wants to... Um, you know when the, they, it rains and they, they get that mower going around the rope to get the water <laughs> off? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Terry, who I, I'm going to admit, um, when I met her yesterday, uh, had not had lunch or dinner, but then decided to get her <laughs> in. Um, now decided, uh, or last night at least decided, that um, she wants to be the person that drives a tractor around the boundary. That's her <laughs> career objective. So oh. Essex, if you are listening and you need to recruit yeah, someone to drive that tractor around... You've got a head teacher in her head teacher in Essex is willing to jack her job in and or drive that around. The sideline. It looked like lots of fun. I'm not funny. I like driving. Like it's one of my favourite things to do. Beyond teaching, I love driving. You get to drive a little tractor thing and you get to be involved in the cricket and drag this enormous rope around and tidy things up. And I love cleaning as well. So it literally ticks all of my boxes. It's like the perfect job for me. So yeah, if it's you're right. in need of a tractor driver to sort out your pitch, drop us a tweet on at Essex Podcast, and I might well be in touch. <laughs> what are the hours? What are the hours? <laughs> 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 it would not be. It would not be a, a proper meetup if you did not make a reference to um sparta no it's not Sparta. it's this is spinal tap get the title right anyway we've geeked out enough it has been an absolute pleasure to see both of you and talk to you and uh, i'm so pleased we're back together uh albeit virtually um so we will obviously be active on social media so please do say hello on uh, on twitter on facebook on twitter we're at Essex Podcast. If this is the first time joining us, welcome. Uh, sorry if we've uh, hope, hopefully not gone off on too many tangents, but uh, but that's what we do. We just talk about cricket because that's that's what we love. Um, so thank you for joining us. Um, so I've been Terry. Nice to see you. I've been Owen. And I'm Cheese. And we'll see you next time, hopefully in two weeks' time. Take care.